My name's Stuart Bailey, and this is the Hastings Podcast Interview. At 25, Daniel Robinson's daring to dream. Last year, he gave up the day job and spent four months travelling in Latin America. Now back in the UK, Daniel's getting down to the hard work of setting up his own business from scratch. Daniel, we met when you were very much younger. Oh, many, many years ago, back in uh, the judo circle, wasn't That's it? I think you'd be about eight at the time. God, yes, squeaky you... voice and all. <laughs> Moved on some way since then. We hope so, we'd hope so. Voice isn't too squeaky. <laughs> we wrote about Dan recently in Hastings and Focus, uh, and we were covering his travels in Latin America. That seemed four months in Latin America, yeah. travelling in places that you basically didn't know where you were, I suppose. <laughs> It's this thing everybody wants to do, but very few people actually get around to doing. Yeah, I, I feel that. I mean, it's it's a strange, it's a strange kind of thought process you go through when you're looking. at, I guess the, the, the typical term they say is like finding yourself, isn't it? Like, so I was working in an office for pretty much seven years straight for various different companies and building what I thought was was me, you know. And you reach a point where. You just want to find out what really makes you tick because no one often takes the time to think about themselves enough and it's it's definitely like underrated you need to give yourself that that freedom that that time to i guess think solely on you and the first thought that came to my head was you know what let's disappear for a little while let's let's experience something that people generally haven't been lucky enough to or don't have the opportunity to do so yeah i decided to pop off and you know what obvious choice somewhere I can't speak the language and didn't know anything about so Latin America was my first choice I, I suppose from a practical point of view now's the right time to do it you're, 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 you're young free and single no mortgage <laughs> nothing to tie you down leave it a couple of years and from practical point of view that would have been much more difficult to do yeah you're absolutely right like at the end of the day it wouldn't be fair if I was for example had a had a wife and a, and a house and two kids like it, it would not be remotely well, fair on them for a start. Because, I'm off to the other side. Of yeah, the world I'm just going. I'll see you in four months. <laughs> just anything could happen, you know. I just no. I just feel like yeah, you're right. It's that period of time where I was actually able to comfortably disappear without the overbearing archer of responsibility. Like um, I don't want to put anyone in a position where they would worry, struggle, fret, financial implications. I want to make sure that was all covered. So yeah, I was I was very very fortunate. It just kind of came about at the right time when I was finding out, right, what's the next step for, for Dan? What's the next step? What do I want to do? And yeah. And did you know when you set off that you were going for four months? Or <laughs> did that, did the length of time you were away sort of extend as you as you were enjoying yourself? The, the idea was to go for a month and see how it went. <laughs> and um, it was quite surreal, to be fair. I, the plane landed. Like, I, I flew into um, Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia, and the moment the plane landed, I just, I never felt more comfortable in being uncomfortable. And it just felt really right. And it just kind of, every experience that happened from then on was just so, 
un unfathomable. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And I love that because my whole life before had been so, right, get up at this time, go to work at this time, uh, eat this, go to the gym here. Like, it's just consistency in the same thing. And I needed to shake it up a bit to get out of that environment. And just, yeah, it was wow and then they, I'll, I'll try and quantify it quantify it with words obviously being on a on a podcast but yeah you're traveling on your own you weren't traveling with a group you weren't traveling with a friend this was literally you your backpack and off we go <laughs> yeah exactly like uh yeah i got my backpack i was like you know what let's look at plane tickets where goes where and it was a very last minute decision to be fair i think two weeks before i actually flew i bought my ticket then so they say about prior proper planning prevents poor performance but um in this case, I'd done all right without the prior proper planning. Sometimes you've just got to go for it. Yeah, exactly. Jump on it and, uh, and see where the wind takes you. So why Latin America? Because you know, young people travelling, I suppose, tend to go in the other direction. Mm. Uh, so why, why choose Latin America? Why choose a country like Colombia to start with? Because its reputation is perhaps not the, the safest in the world. That's actually what intrigued me the most. Because of the research I did do, like Colombia is actually safer than some of the back streets of London for crime. Like, I mean, if I can be safer in a country I can barely understand than in my own, you know, own back backstop, you know? I mean, why not give it a try? Like you say with um, uh, Thailand was the place that most people normally go to. And you know what? I've heard about it so many times from so many travellers that have had their own personal experiences and... I feel like I've already been there without going there. Like next stop would be Australia. You'd work there for a couple of years, then come back to England. Um, I just wanted to do something that people would be like, "Hang on a minute, Colombia," like as in as in the place in the south of South of America, you know, with, with the negative stereotype that it has. And I was like, "Yeah, why not? <laughs> like, wh wh why wouldn't I want to try something new?" And honestly, the place when you arrive, I mean, even just the people that greet you, the whole Latin America culture is just so happy and friendly you have people that just want to help you talk to you they want they want to show off their country and their, their their place their town wherever they are and it's they're so proud of their future which was so refreshing they wanted to move you past their history Colombia obviously hasn't had the brightest uh past should we say and that's probably why they're so optimistic about what the future holds because they've kind of had their worst and now they're looking forward to something so much more. Things can only get better. Exactly. Like, it's incredible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. A few years' time, it's going to be the destination for people to be travelling to. Because with it being relatively untouched by most of Europe, it's got so much... It, it, the people are so excited to see you. Like, because it's just, wow, you've chosen to come here and experience our culture over everywhere else. Like... You you wanna you wanna say hi to us. You wanna have dinner with us. You want to go for nights out with us. It's just a everyone's so appreciative. So talk me through that first morning. So you, you you've touched down. You, you're feeling at home, but you you mentioned earlier you you don't speak the language. Yes, you are somewhere you've never been before. <laughs> somewhere that you know. Tourism wise, there's probably not a lot of guidebooks available to, to list the things to see. Yeah. So you're waking up in this strange hotel room in this strange country <laughs> with people speaking a language you don't understand. What were your thoughts? How did you work out what you were going to do next? That's a... I don't know how I worked. I just kind of did. I mean... Instinct. Just, but yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I chose initially, like, 
I, I looked at hotels. I did look at considering hotels, like, you know, safe space, a place I can feel comfortable in. But then I was like, hang on a minute, I'm traveling. I've got nothing to lose here. I'm here to experience. Let's just jump straight in with the hostel. And that is single-handedly the best starting decision I ever made. Like hostels, the people you meet. I mean, I was speaking to, I've spoken to and have spoken to like, you know, professors and doctors as well as, you know, checkout staff at Tesco's. It's like every single human being that you could fathom would be in one of these places. Everyone's in the mix. Yeah, and they're all despite their previous jobs or current titles or how rich or poor they are, everyone has the same mindset, which is so beautiful. It's like taking down every every social barrier. Like, Suddenly everyone just just works together. It was so beautiful. And mucks in to help each help each other along. Exactly. Like you 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 just landed in a place. Oh yeah, it's cool. There's a good coffee shop down here. There's a there's a lovely bar over here and you can go shopping over here. And they'll just go with you because that's what traveling's all about you just kind of make plans without making plans it's the I, I took me a few days to get used to that idea but it was incredible once you kind of just roll into it like yeah i can well believe that would be difficult to, yeah. to, to to get used to so you you started out in colombia yeah you had four months so where else did you go and and how did you choose where you were going to go um well i considered the idea initially of going north so heading up towards mexico um but I was like, you know what? I've got all the time in the world. I'll come back and do it another time. So my thought was like, let's go south. Let's see what's down there. First stop was Ecuador. And as you do, there's a overnight bus. Um, so I enjoyed my fair share of overnight buses. 12 and 24 hour trips sitting on a bus amongst, uh, amongst the locals. Ooh. Yeah, it, it takes its toll. <laughs> but to be fair, the amount of people you meet on the bus, just like a hostel. Because same concept. I was meeting and talking to these German girls for what must have been about three or four hours in the journey just to see what they've been doing but when I arrived in Ecuador I had a firm hold of where I should go as a hostel because they had been there before and it was an awesome place to be uh, understanding of where the bus would drop me off so I knew where I was going and yeah popped down to the hostel in Ecuador this time and same concept as when I landed in Colombia you just start talking to the people in the hostel and within like hours we were planning like hikes up mountains and trips out to the park and the local museums of the area and lagoons locally as well it's just it, it was it's incredible to see how people just it's how you want society to run it's almost how you expect it should run if people weren't purely focused on self-interest and you know i popped down from there dotted into um i say dotted like i just popped over the board um i, I went over to uh, peru and as you expect, it's got the tourist aspects and I absolutely done them. I enjoyed them and took far too many pictures, but um, explored Machu Picchu, at Rainbow Mountain. You have the Agokta waterfalls and you, you just can't like, I, I sat in my flat when I was in, in England and if I had told myself, yeah, three months time, you're going to be seeing the beautiful seven color Rainbow Mountain and hiking around the Inca trails of, of Machu Picchu and you just don't you, you can't even think about the beauty of it all you see pictures and you see these these wonderful edited Instagram pictures and it just doesn't it feels nice it's good to look at aspirations but there's nothing quite like you know hiking for an hour at 5,000 meters in the air with the oxygen slightly lower than you'd like to be comfortable but the achievement and sense of realization that oh my god I've I've walked this myself I've experienced this myself I've I've touched the colours of the of the mountain. I've 
felt the Inca bricks. I've, I've seen the town, like, it's just really, I mean, they're a very spiritual um, continent anyway, the whole of Latin America's. And you just, you're on a whole different plane of, of understanding from them because they just want you to take the time to feel the, the, the aura of people around you, to feel the environment you're in. And I mean, I, I'm skeptical usually anyway of, of things I don't understand, so I want to learn about them. And to throw myself into this feeling that I've never really allowed myself to before was, I mean, it was, it was nothing short of beautiful without the views, just the feeling itself. And yeah, it, it was consistent even down into, because um, after Peru I went to Bolivia, even down into Bolivia, it was a place that people were, well, it's, it's not necessarily got that, that tourist vibe yet. I mean, you have the salt flats, which is an incredible space of, of white salt and, and beauty and natural formations of rock and cacti and everything, but it doesn't necessarily have that profile yet. But you arrive and the people are exactly the same, happy, smiling, enthusiastic people wanting to show you all about their their future, what they've got planned, what they're trying to do with the world. And, I mean, you just lose yourself in it. It's incredible. It really is. We'll post a link uh, on the homepage to the photographs that you took. Oh, yes. But, but, but just flicking through some of the photographs... There's that amazing contrast between Machu Picchu, the mountain areas, um, some of the rocks that you pictured jumping off, (laughs) and then the salt flats, which you are almost at the other extreme, Mm. the the, the level, not the level of desolation, but (laughs) very desolate, very open, um, almost bleak in a sense. Mm. Um, So taking in those sort of contrasts must have been quite striking as well. Well, yeah, I mean, half of it is the, the landscapes. Like, you are just travelling from... Okay, well, Rainbow Mountain to Machu Picchu as an example. There's only a couple of hours between them, but the landscape is so vastly different. And then you arrive in the salt flats, and it's white everywhere. <laughs> like, you'll look around for 50 kilometres, 60 kilometres, and just see white. And then out of nowhere, you'll come across this uh, red lagoon lake with flamingos running about. And I'm like, where is this life coming from? But um, oh, definitely don't swim in that lake either. It's full of bacteria. It's incredibly dangerous. Um, but it, it is so. But how can like you're in England, you're going through the countryside, and it is so beautiful in its own right. But then you compare it to the versatility and the diversification of what's over there, and it's just like it, it, there's no there's no comparison. It's it's its own little world, or own little mini worlds, if you will, of different environments and and harshness and and beauty. It's incredible. So when you were out there, did you did you work your way around or were you simply there just for four months to, to travel and enjoy it? It was a, it was definitely four months to travel and enjoy, but you, you come across this unexpected circumstance. Like if you're staying in a hostel, um, opportunities inevitably arise. And I didn't want to do anything that was paid-based. I couldn't anyway without that correct visa, obviously. Um, but yeah, the opportunity to volunteer and just support individual independent hostels was thrown my way as well which is fantastic the work of my instagram it it sort of while i was over there blew up in terms of people and companies and individuals taking notice of what i was doing which was incredible because as i was staying at these hostels i was doing you know reviews to help them out basically Mm -hmm. supporting them and then i had a contact which i can now mention because i was actually under a no disclaimer agreement while i was doing the reviews because otherwise they would find out but the selena hostel chain had asked me to be a, a mystery nomad they called it 
and go into their hostels as a uh, as a guest and review them and that all just came about from staying and being enthusiastic about staying in hostels mm. and clothing companies from Peru they decided to pop up and say don't suppose you want to try wearing any of our clothes and I was like yeah I could do that <laughs> but it's like they're so oh another thing I found out so big on ethical sourcing over there as well like levels beyond like I've even seen from us in our fashion industry like there's a company I worked with called um the Altiplanto Collective and they only focus on organically sourced 100% sustainable products and one of these pieces that I got was this white cotton from a um an individual company cacao group yeah and just working with them and, and appreciating the the ethos they had to what they were creating whether it's like you know you're going on a, a tourist trip the way they put it together to be as authentic as possible to the making of their clothes to feel as connected to their their roots their culture their almost their history and their future in one just through a piece of clothing which is such a beautiful way to do it but um Yes, it was unpredictable. And I suppose the environment that you that you were travelling in and that you were seeing, yeah. they want to protect that as much as possible. Absolutely. Like they they obviously want to show people as much as they can, but to protect the environment is paramount to them because at the end of the day, once it's gone, it's never gonna come back. Forcibly be unless it's forcibly man made, which is then it's not a natural, you know, beauty. From what you're saying, the 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 beauty comes from the fact that it's still a very natural unspoiled landscape yeah exactly and it, it's a it's a shame that we deem these countries as third world because in so many ways they're so much more advanced than we are they have such a the right ethos in a lot of areas i'm not saying every single one but a lot of areas where you know recycling and is so high on the agenda and and looking after their environments and just cleaning maintaining using safe sustainable products i mean even utilizing you know, the, the salt flats i mentioned which are effectively dead in most areas they still worked a way around it to grow their own potatoes rather than importing them which is incredible like the the farming skill level for example is unreachable mainly because of our climate over here and I mean, just a little fact I was told, they produce over 2,000 types of potatoes. I go into Tesco's and I see three. I didn't realise there were over 2,000 types of potatoes. Tell me about it. <laughs> it just threw me out. Like I, was, I had seven for breakfast, and all of them offered different properties. And that was on the way to the Machu Picchu um, city. It was just... Like, you, you have seven different types of what you consider to be starch and saturates and just fat and carbohydrate. And suddenly it's offering you a whole different variety of nutrients your body's never experienced before. Like, you have these um, vitamin supplements in Tesco's. These seven potatoes pretty much cover all of them for you. It's just like, what? What are we doing with our lives? Like, it's incredible. Like, I, I mean, as a place to be healthy and live, you could do it so well. And it's just so, so oh, wow. So you got to the end of your four months mm -hmm. and then had to come back. I did. I actually... Difficult um, decision? Yeah. Well... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I want to say yes. I want to say it was a difficult decision, but the matter of the fact is I know I can do it again and I can do more of it. Like people say these things like, oh, it's a once in a lifetime experience and I refuse to believe that. Like if you enjoy it enough, why once in a lifetime? Why not 10, 11, 12, 13 times in a lifetime and each time experiencing something new? Like next time I might do Vietnam. Why not? Like 
obviously probably plan a bit better in terms of yeah but you know what i mean but it's like yeah there's lots of the world to see yeah lots of different landscapes to enjoy i had yeah exactly that's exactly it and also it made me appreciate the aspects of that england has to offer as well like i've been popping about since i've come back i've been a lot busier than i was expecting to be like um advertising for different companies and and building my own profile and doing my own uh, venture as well that's coming to fruition eventually actually early december very excited um but everything which you do traveling helps put what you have here in perspective like i found like when i got back here i had a clear out and threw away well not threw away recycled and donated half of my wardrobe some bits and pieces in my bedroom i didn't need i just had too much because i'd realized what it's like to live with so little and be so happy with so little as well and that whole ethos kind of of transpired through my 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 thinking here now because i don't i don't need a a, like 17 types of crisps in the drawer or five types of chocolate bars to eat like i've got a a comfortable new diet because of living in latin america for that period of time and and yeah it's been a whole focus on I guess trying to be a better version of me mm. and, and doing what makes me happy. And when I was out there, like finishing off my journey in Brazil, I I wanted to pursue something that made me happy. And that was doing, answering to myself, being my own boss. And that's that's why I'm working on things for myself. Like my social media is is a part of, it's going to be a part of my, my future, my, my livelihood, um, helping influence others, hopefully with uh, the right, approach and my ethos trying to be as genuine as I can because you get companies that approach you asking you to, to sell their product for example and I, I want to say no because it doesn't fit who I am and what I want to show off like I knew I know there's some people out there that'd be happy to you know yeah we'll advertise everything and anything and I just want to be like you know what I've got a whole new ethos from living out here I want to make sure I'm, I'm living and breathing that not just using it as a fad or a or a perception I want to make it who I am and yeah, it's, it's encouraged me to be a bit more ethical and and sourcing like how I eat and wearing clothes that if I if I choose to you know be rid of them, it's not going to be in the bin. It's going to be someone who can recycle that usage at least, so they're not spending money on new clothing, and I'm not spending money on new clothing. It's just simple things to improve the world around you. I think, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your your life and social media. Yes. Um, you are quite a big Instagram user and your yeah. Instagram, is it called an Instagram handle or an Instagram tag or I'm too old to understand <laughs> these things. We'll go Instagram handle or tag, either one works. <laughs> and, and you are Britman? Uh, yes, Britman class. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you are, as you said, obviously me, me now you're just a rather dapper young <laughs> chap. But the photographs on, on Britman class you know, the, the clothes you wear, the clothes you're photographed in, the, the situations you're photographed in, are perhaps not the clothing types that we'd expect a 25-year-old mm. to be seen wearing. So you're trying to do something clearly a bit different. I, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm doing my best. Um, yeah, the... I find that fashion is obviously definitely subjective, and I love people that show individuality with their fashion, and I, I try and do the same myself, like... Um, we've spoken about obviously in previous conversations and catching up and things like I've always done 
my Instagram because I wanted to show people how I do things, like how I dress up and how I style myself and what kind of products I like using, whether it's uh, things to improve the lifestyle or things to just dress better, in my personal opinion. I find that formal dressing is like an extension of of, of me now. Like, I, I'm more than happy to dress casual and dress informal, but I always try and do it with a degree of um, appreciation to, like, the, the fit and the style. So even if I am wearing simple clothing, a pair of jeans, I'm making sure they're, they're tapered and look nice. And whether I'm whether I'm dressing up in a three-piece suit, tie, pocket square, and the, the works, or if I'm dressing down and wearing a pair of plaid-style uh, crop trousers and a T-shirt, like, I want to make sure that however I'm doing it is deemed as... I don't know, a good impression for young people. I don't know, with style to it, too. Yeah, I, I want to try and help. And I suppose if you're trying to develop the Britman Quas brand, I suppose it's what it's becoming, mm. then you need to, to live that as well because you can't be caught off guard. Yes, <laughs> it's exactly it. Um, I try. <laughs> and where, where do you see it going? What, what's your ambitions for... Uh, I mean, we, do, we talk social media influencers. Is yes. that kind of direction that you're moving in i i don't like to call myself an influencer because i think that's a bit egotistical i mean i've been referred to as one and if i do then in conversation with that person i'll refer to myself as an influencer but i just kind of want to build it so you know i have a database of people that can trust what i say and if they have any questions about style they just need a help with a maybe a new skincare product or something then i can be offering you know that that support and advice they might not necessarily have from people around them. Uh, I guess a, a fashion it, therapist. <laughs> it, it also strikes me that the style that you project through your photographs, it may be one that other young men feel a little would like to dress that way, mm. but somehow feel it's not the done thing or their mates don't do it. But actually seeing someone of their generation, their age doing it, yeah. may give them the confidence to go out and try a style or, try a way of dressing that is, is perhaps they wouldn't otherwise do. I I love that thought. That, that's that's what I'm going for. I agree fully. Like, the whole idea of it is to show people that, look, it doesn't matter how you dress. If you're dressed to the nines every day and showing off a bit of a eccentric self, or if you're unsure about looking so casual because it might be boring, like, why is that a problem? Like, no, dress, dress what makes you feel best. And... At the end of the day, I've had some people come to me saying, I had, actually, it was quite strange, I had a Chilean guy, because I was meant to be popping down to Chile, and I was going to, you know, tour about the area, so I mentioned uh, in my stories on Instagram, might be coming down to Chile soon, and tag the location, and then I had this follower pop up, and said, oh, hey, I'm in Chile, I'm, I actually need a bit of a helping hand, I've been following you since, like, I think it was uh, June last year which is pretty much a couple of months after i started my instagram so this is like a year and four months later and he's like i'm going to this wedding and i'm like oh i can see where this is going and he's like i've got a pinstripe suit but i don't know what i can put with it and i'm like all right give me 10 minutes i'm gonna have a little bit of a whirl around for you and then i just scoured the internet and just sort of said you know what what would look good for what's the sort of wedding so i asked him the theme of the wedding asked him the concept what was going on what the what the grooms were wearing the grooms um groomsmen and made sure he wasn't going to clash and things like that, because that's the worst thing, like a woman's nightmare, for example. If you wear white to a woman's wedding, oh, she's not going to like you for that. But um, but yeah, I got that idea. And then I basically just spent about 20 minutes for him scaring about looking for products that would work together and if he had something similar. And then 
bless him, he um he put this outfit together and then he's like, I got it all sorted, the wedding's tomorrow. He just dressed up and took a photo. He said, what do you think? And I'm like, you've nailed it, it's awesome. And he's like, oh, I'm so excited. And then when the wedding happened, he then sent me pictures that he had had with the uh, bride and groom in his suit, like looking all dapperly dressed. And I was like, I done that. I can't believe that. <laughs> like what? And it was this little, this 24 year old guy that was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, should I, shouldn't I? What should I do? How should I do it? And I think people can feel a bit lost, especially when it comes to fashion. Like people were so quick to, um, make a, a judgment looking at someone and how they how they appear. I feel that if you feel confident in what you're wearing and you haven't had to, I guess, go through everyone's opinion and ask for everyone's opinion, you just know that it works. Like, I mean, in some cases, yeah, I'm, I'm just that kind of, I guess you can say silent fashion partner that supports them and just says, look, put this together, you can feel comfortable in it, you're gonna look great. And then they hold themselves with that kind of level of confidence of feeling and looking great. And suddenly people respond to it because a lot of the time it isn't necessarily about the clothes. But if I know something's going to make someone feel good, they're going to show that off. And they're going to feel good in what they're wearing. People are going to be like, you, you might get the odd few because there's always what we call them on the internet, trolls. But at the end of the day, it's predominantly going to be, oh my God, doesn't he look good in what he's wearing? Doesn't he? Doesn't he look like he's standing taller? Doesn't he look like he's holding himself up a lot more confidently and that's just the goal of what I do like if people say I love what you've worn here I'm going to try and put something together and they send me pictures of what they've done and I'm just like you know what you've nailed it like I could not have done it better myself and did this come from your own experience your own ideas or you know, have you worked in fashion in the past or, or where, did, where did the inspiration did the ideas <laughs> come from it's actually a conglomeration of a few ideas, like the synergy of a few of them coming together. Like I used to do um, like men's suit tailoring for Hugo Boss, their red label in Selfridges. So I had a few little bits of experience there, some very incredible clients. Just going to name drop, met Usain Bolt, he was incredible. Michael Owen, he was pretty awesome too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I sort of, that was the initial appreciation of it and how to kind of, how I wanted to style myself. Um, in, in a formal fashion. And then the idea of Britman class, that was actually, ironically, the brainchild of a very enthusiastic and very passionate ex of mine. And she said, you know what, you'd look really good in suits all the time if you post them on the uh, on the gram. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a go, see if I can make something of this. Yep. And yeah, fast forward to, um, well, she was absolutely right. That ex was, I hit the nail on the head. I can influence people and I can help them. And it's, it's, it's its own snowball like it'll go down as long as you keep pushing and it'll grow and grow as long as you keep trying like it's it's so it, it feels so special to have such an influence on people when they haven't even met you mm. and i mean you can make someone's day better or worse just by responding to one of their messages with a with a helping hand or a question and uh, it is so powerful, like the the level of of influence you have on people's lives. People are just messaging you to appreciate what you're doing for them, and whether it's indirectly for them or not, it's, it's special and it feels incredible. Like, yeah. And where do you see it going? What are your ambitions for Britman Class or, mm. or or yourself? The focus is actually going to be on. Um, 
well, like I said, being my own boss, um, the set I'm actually wearing for you in front of you today with this, which people can't see, but I'm gonna launch my own suit and tie, uh, suit and tie set collection. So effectively like ties, pocket squares, and things I, I know because I, I like that I can help people with what I'm styling, but you know what? If I can help people with what I'm styling and also provide something that I would wear every day to those people, because often, you know, it's, it's mismatches. Like I've, I've bought a pocket square from here or a, a tie from here and then a lapel pin from there. I, I want to be able to give people the opportunity, if, if they like what I do, and I hope they do, then they can wear something that I wear myself and I've put it together for them, like as, a, as an idea or a set. And will that be available online? Uh, yeah, I'm going to create the website's actually in creation at the moment. It's uh, going to be under the tiesupply.co.uk. So I'm very excited when that launches to to introduce that to everyone, I guess. And I, I hope it's received well. And at the end of the day, it's not there to be uh, the next, you know, Tom Ford collection. It's not there to be the next supreme, overly priced stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just there if people want it. It's it's something that I do and it's available. Yeah, and I like that. That sounds really exciting. I'm very excited by it. I can be my own boss, finally. <laughs> Dan, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and um, you've come a long way since that eight-year-old who toddled into judo once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that li- little old me. <laughs> it, good luck for the future, and hopefully we can have you back on when Thai Supply takes off. Yeah, it'd, be a, it'd be an absolute pleasure. Like, uh, always interesting to have a chat with you in the end of the day. It's never a, never a boring conversation, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Hastings Podcast is a Hastings and Focus production.